0: Welcome to Surviving Academia, a podcast about surviving in the pre-apocalyptic housecape of the academy. In each
1: episode, we share self-care techniques and talk about surviving in academic careers.
2: We hope you enjoy this episode. If you like what you hear and want to support our show, leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Got something to say? Let us know on Twitter, at SurvivingPhD, or on Facebook.
0: Hey everyone, and welcome to today's episode. We're your didactic trio, but we also have a special guest with us today who is awesomely awesome, and we'll let him introduce himself. Um, I am Rachel, and I currently do something at an academic institution.
1: I'm Kristen, and I'm a graduate student.
2: Uh, I'm Zach, I'm an adjunct, and I, you know, make it work generally most of the time.
3: And I guess I'm the extra special guest today. My yeah. name is
2: Christopherson, and I am
3: floating out there in the sea of academia trying to find my way. But for <laughs> nice. anybody that uh, cares to know, I'm a doctoral candidate in computer science at the University of Missouri.
0: Awesome. Yes. Today,
2: I guess instead of a trio, we're a didactic quadrangle or something.
0: Quartet. 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 Oh, geez. God, quadrant. God. What?
2: I didn't major in Latin. <laughs> it's probably not even a Latin root. Is that, I, don't, yeah. I don't
0: even think... <laughs> I mean, have you ever like musicked ever I Th- heard music
2: yes I was in the marching band for like all through college too <laughs>
0: for someone who has an intense background in music I can't believe I just asked you, you ever musicked? <laughs> <laughs> because when you think of like you know a string quartet um you
2: know? more elegant than what we're doing <laughs> sorry <laughs> Marginally. sorry Marginally. I don't yeah. know we're
0: yeah. pretty freaking elegant no
2: you're right you're right
0: I don't know about you guys, but I am sitting here in my best evening gown.
2: <laughs> the best. Pinkies yes. up. <laughs> I'm sitting here in my, my fancy flannel. Fancy flannel. <laughs> How are you guys doing this week? How's everyone doing?
0: Pretty good. Just continuing to adjust with having a puppy. Um, Snowed, and he does not like the snow, but he makes it work. Yeah. Much like you, Zach.
2: Yes. Every puppy's got to experience their first snow. That's how, what mm-hmm. I always say.
0: Mm-hmm. That's what you always say.
3: <laughs> Do you say that in June too?
2: In, in Do you what? say
3: that in the month of June as well?
2: Oh, yeah. It's especially important in June because <laughs> okay. it's so far off.
0: <laughs> Every puppy's got to experience their first snow. <laughs> what
1: about you, Kristen? I am doing well. I'm, you know, just riding. Feel like I'm in the thick of it. Yeah,
0: you're gonna get through it, girlfriend. Yeah, it's happening. It's happening every day, a little bit at a time. Little engine that could, right? <laughs> <I guess> so. <laughs> we're gonna see. We're gonna see.
2: I believe in you, Kristen. I Our- believe you will meet your snow and conquer it.
0: <laughs> just like a new puppy. <laughs>
2: Christopherson, what about you? How's your week been? Uh, my week's been pretty pretty good. Pretty good.
3: Nothing too crazy. Snow this morning. Um kind of threw me off a little bit. But other than that, you know, just normal grad school stuff. Teaching mm-hmm. and researching and all that jazz.
2: Awesome.
0: This episode is brought to you by Abstracts. Don't you just love a good abstract? It's just like a mini little paper and takes no time at all, right? It's only 250 words and we get to boil down our entire thesis, literature, method, finding, and a conclusion. Come on, anyone can do it. Bet you never thought it'd be easier to write 25 pages than a simple paragraph. Abstracts. Love them and hate them.
2: Oh, I'm definitely in that latter.
0: Cam- that latter camp.
2: Ugh... Oh. The worst.
0: Oh come on! No, actually, they're the worst. I yeah, hate them. yeah.
2: I did this really complicated thing. Now I have to. Now I have to just shove it into you know six sentences. Yeah,
3: you're just uncomplicated. Come on,
2: huh? <laughs> uh, that's right. I should just. I should just do simpler things in the first place.
0: Exactly. Though I have to say, I love other people's abstracts. I just hate writing my own.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, and it's always like that. You feel like you finish this big project, but you're not done because you have to write an abstract. <laughs>
0: Do you feel like that with the dissertation? Oh, yeah, because so far. I did.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. That
0: was probably the worst part of the process.
2: Right. Yeah.
0: Well, talking, uh, I thought about abstracts today because we are doing an episode on networking. Um, when we met last to record, we all said that we were headed to a conference soon. I'm actually heading there to a conference next week. Uh, Kristen and Zach are heading out to a conference later this month, right? Yep. And yep. so we thought we'd talk a little bit about one of the, our most favorite things to do at conferences, and that is uh, networking.
2: By most favorite, you mean least favorite?
0: Oh, well, yeah, I mean, yeah.
2: Not to be a Debbie Downer about everything that we're going to talk about this episode, but you were just we we're just really picking on my, uh, my weak points, I guess. <laughs> Abstracts, but it's, networking. Yeah, but that's why it's good that we have Chris on the show, uh, because he is a master networker, or so I've heard.
1: You got your master's in networking? <laughs> that yes,
2: Compu- I did. Get- Wait,
1: I think it's computer networking. Oh, <laughs> oh no. no.
2: <laughs> I, I study
3: networks. Okay. Yeah, I do study networks. But so you're random a networker. Fact, ra- do you just
1: pretend everyone's a computer?
3: I do. <laughs> I do. I do. Oftentimes it doesn't compute. It's but, like,
1: can you reset yourself? Because I don't as, like yeah, you. Such
3: is life, you know? <laughs> <laughs> such is life. Random fact. I did get my first degree from Dunkin' Donuts You. <laughs> that that is, is an actual place. Dunkin' really? Donuts That's University.
0: Mean. That's amazing. Yeah.
3: So my first like real job was as a well no, it was like my second real job was at a Dunkin' Donuts back in the Bahamas. For everyone out there in Radio Land, I'm from the Bahamas. Um and so my first job was at uh, a Dunkin' Donuts um as the operations manager. And you have to go away to like corporate training uh-huh. okay. to do that. Um I-, I was in the training program for a month or so. And at the end of it, they give you um, a diploma, (laughs) a degree from Dunkin' Donuts University. You should hang that in your office. That's the name of their
2: training center. Have you you found any real-world application for this degree beyond the Dunkin' Donuts?
0: Clearly networking. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He wouldn't be here if it wasn't for the donuts.
3: Random fact, though. It did, like, um, so I used to run track in undergrad. And so having to, like, roll dough or knead dough with your hands is really good training to be a masseuse. So, oh, okay. oh
0: okay okay we're all going to duck donuts you yeah <laughs> it's all Wait, about those transferable
2: skills
1: to running am i confused
2: oh so oh
3: yeah uh, <laughs> well as a track as a track athlete <laughs> massages are really important <laughs> okay. and so at my undergrad at my undergrad um for a couple of years we didn't have a trainer who would travel with us and so we'd all give each other massages or rubdowns as, as we needed them. Okay, because I was so. like,
1: wait, if running involved donuts, I was doing <laughs> it a long time ago, <laughs> and perhaps yeah. I'm donutting wrong if that's the case. Okay.
2: I thought everybody knew this. Come on. I have listen. done a donut 5K where they give you a donut and beer at the end of the run.
1: At the in- I need it to be like Hansel it be and Rattles style. Yeah, every K. It should be every like, kilometer. You know, exactly. Yeah. yeah, just drop a little donut hole the whole way around so that I can run a little bit and pick it up. Ooh, keep piece of candy. Yeah. Of
2: candy. So uh, since we're all going to conferences, I want to, like, before we get into the advice part, I, I guess I want to ask... Um, what y'all's experience has been in uh, trying to network at conferences? Like what has been, What is your, what have your attempts looked like?
0: Well, I think I've gotten better at networking at conferences, but I also don't think I'm actually very good at it. But I'm not sure that anyone's ever really good at making awkward small talk and um, complimenting people on their papers and being all like that. <laughs> I read your papers, really liked it, <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's my nerve yeah. impression. No, that's what I do. I go, up, <laughs> I
2: go up to people after they present, after the session's over. I'm like, hi, I really liked your paper. Um, Here's the one question I thought of so I can begin a conversation with you. You yeah. know, that sort of thing.
0: The, the thing is, like, when people have done that to me after sessions, I love it. Because I'm like, ooh, someone wants to talk to me about their research, my, my research. And how exciting is that? But I find it incredibly ooh. awkward to do that to other people. So I think I'm I'm much better at more like the social parts of conferences um, than I am at like getting the courage to like go up and like fangirl a little bit, so yeah. that's just me.
1: I think it depends on the conference. So um, there's one conference I really like going to, and I find that um, it seems somewhat. There's a bug on my microphone. There, it seems somewhat easier uh, to network, mainly because I feel like I'm. S- most of the conference is so much. Most of the conference is angled towards what I want to do. So I feel like the conversations flow a little bit easier. Um, one conference I went to, well, this particular one, they had so many people that applied for like a certain section, the section that I was in, that they actually broke it into four or five different sections that day. So it was like we were se- I was seeing the same group of people over and over again, and it was really easy to connect with people. And there was this guy from Sweden, um, who had the smallest little backpack I've ever seen, and I just was obsessed with it. Like, I just, like, I wanted to know what was in there, and then I just was like, I really feel like we should be best friends. I love this little backpack situation you have. And he thought that was hilarious. And um, we actually started, like, messaging back and forth, and I liked his topic. It's not really anything that um, I study risk. So it was just a different, he studies risk, but in a different you know, more medicine. Um, anyway, so he and I talked f- for a long time, and he's like, Hey, I'm um, doing this conference. Uh, I'm organizing a panel for this conference in Italy. Do you want to go? And it's like, Well, yeah, but I'm poor.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, so I thought it was really successful in terms of um, he suggested some articles, you know, based on watching my presentation that weren't in necessarily translated English and things that um, he thought I might be interested in which is really nice and I've kept in contact with him and I hope once I you know get full-time employment that I'm able to like take him up on some of these fun panels he likes to do other places but I think that's been my most successful is when, and it does, didn't feel fake so a lot of times I think in smaller conferences especially regional ones I don't even know why I go to them anymore, but regional ones I feel like it does feel real fake because the odds are there's not really going to be a panel or, you know, a group of papers that are going to be near enough what I do for it not to feel fake. So it will be just sort of you know, having that weird conversation and not being able to ask a pointed question.
2: Yeah, I can I can echo that that um the regional conference and the national conference to a larger extent, you know, it's it's bigger and it's more impersonal and it's hard to figure out what that connection is because there's so many different topics. And the sort of topic or research specific conference that I go to, which is actually mostly historians and anthropologists, I tend to have an easier time networking there because we all want to talk about that specific thing but i've I found it to be much more fluid and easier there
0: well i have one follow-up question for you kristen and that sure. is just how tiny is this backpack
1: okay like <laughs> like it was like this little like, how, like how that's very, describe how this is like yeah large describe that's like cell phone little size. what
3: it's like cell phone little
1: like About ipad two. mini uh, like a little bit smaller than an ipad mini like maybe two iphones could go like side by side it's like the- and was he wearing this on his back he, like, yes a, he
3: had like two straps
1: like it it was hand. smaller than like a fanny pack would be but it was a backpack
3: are you sure this wasn't one of those devices to like keep his back no. upright <laughs> no. <laughs>
1: no it was just are you sure it wasn't his battery pack it was not. I <laughs> listen. I, multiple sessions. I was obsessed. What I was
0: did he, take he
3: show <laughs> you what was in the box? No,
1: I didn't. Add, there was like never a good enough like time. It almost like reminded me of like you know those like women who used to have those like wallets with like the cigarettes that were like had the cigarette pouch. Mm-hmm. It kind of mm-hmm. reminded me of one of those. So hmm. I don't know. He was really funny and like it just was such a bizarre thing to like see like. I was just obsessed with it. You well, just, our... like when you know, you know, right? I'm like <laughs> this guy. I'm
0: obsessed. Well,
2: love that's our love first... at first sight of backpack.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's our. That's got to be our first networking advice. Is, you know, find someone who has find the thing, backpack with the cute backpack or go for bag it. or purse it or
1: joy shirt me. or tie and or i follow st- that. <laughs> it sparked joy people. yeah follow I,
2: that
0: person who sparks your joy i feel
2: like that's a little bit of perilous advice for someone like me like i should not be going around finding women and then you know trying to you know speak to them about their fashion like that yeah, you that might not that. work both ways
1: of course not
0: you but just you just keep your comment keep your like, trap hey, shut that little backpack is just like what do you put in it yeah. Conversation starter. There
2: you go. I awesome. like your backpack. Still seems a little perilous, but maybe. Okay. Yeah.
0: Well, then you don't have to follow that advice. You okay. You know, listen, not all advice is for everyone, Zach. That's true. Right, right.
2: But if women it. are telling me to do it, then I don't know. <laughs> then it can't be that bad yeah.
0: now, can it? <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of advice, I'm kind of curious, um, kind of what we've all been told about networking. And Christopherson, we have you on here because... We view I view you especially as like a networking expert because you know everyone and everyone knows you. You Everybody can't go anywhere him. on campus without someone knowing you. I don't even think you can go anywhere internationally at this point <laughs> without someone knowing you. So let's start with you, if that's okay.
3: Sure. Uh, and I'm talking about my experiences. But-
0: um, yeah, let's start with experiences, uh, networking, and then we'll go into kind of lessons learned and sure. um, advice. Uh, I
3: was just going to, just to comment on... What you three, uh, three spoke about just now, and Zach mentioned are regional conferences. It's interesting, um, just in terms of academic, in terms of academic disciplines, how different things are. Because I'm a computer scientist, and we really don't have regional, um, regional conferences mm-hmm. of anything. Um, the closest thing to that, maybe um, there's a meeting of some sort on a specific topic, and so mm-hmm. it's more like um, it's more like I guess your smaller regional conference because everyone talks on the same topic and it's usually you know not multiple breakouts but like one or so and everyone's in the same room the whole day hmm. um, but other than that m- the conferences that I that we'd go to are national or international uh, conferences and so like my experiences just like yours um, it's it's sort of varied. I think um, if I could give it I'd say my worst experiences as I remember them is if I was trying to force it. You know, so you go in thinking, okay, I have to network, I have to to meet people, I have to get something from these interactions. And so you try to figure out, you try to like plot this plan, this course of action that's going to get you whatever results you think you should get, whatever that might be. And usually that's when, you know, things go bad if you script it out in your mind, because as soon as things go off script, how do you respond?
2: Lesson one, learn to (laughs) improvise, right?
3: (laughs) Well, yeah, I think... um, and. As you were talking about earlier, um, if it's an academic conference, everyone loves to talk about their research, you know, especially if you're at an academic conference. Uh, so just own that. Own own that. You know, um, there's nothing wrong with going up to a person saying, hey, I read your paper or I read a few of your papers or I use a lot of your work. Thank you. Number one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, thank you for being an awesome researcher. Um, and then two. If you have questions about you know your research or their research, you know just go in just just go into it from there you know and that's for like in the after a presentation or in between sessions or something, um, but then also to utilize the um, the person the the um, off schedule time you know if there's a a meetup or a mixer a dinner or a, um, a a reception of some sort to utilize that time and not necessarily have that be all about the academia, but just, again, engaging conversation.
2: Can you give some examples of potential icebreakers you would use at at a social event like that?
3: Ah oh, yeah so just depending on uh...
0: Hi I'm Christopherson. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <kidding>. Good evening.
3: <laughs>
2: Have you heard the sound of my voice?
3: Let's talk. <laughs> no I think it's um yeah it just kind of it kind of depends. Um because, like i said with me especially we have a lot of people usually at our conferences they are people from all over the world and so a good icebreaker would be have you been here before you know is this your first time in the united states it depends on if you're talking to another student if you're talking to a professor um if it's a professor you know how'd you get started in academia how'd you get on this track you know um but usually you walk up to him and you say you know, hi how are you doing I'm, I'm christopherson and you go from there it could be situational like maybe um, the the server or whomever made a mistake or something, mm-hmm. you and you make a
2: joke about something, or they
3: make a joke yeah. about something.
0: You know? both reach for the same canopy. <laughs> <You're right. laughs> oh, <laughs> Pardon me. Hands. <laughs> Pardon Does me. It academic do you have me- meet here. Okay,
2: yeah, this is not like academic dating. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or
1: is it? it or
2: is. is it?
3: Well, and then the thing is that conferences like that, you know, let's say it's a three four day long conference. You know, you meet people the first mm-hmm. day or two, and whenever you see them at the conference, they're like your conference buddy mm-hmm. <laughs> of sorts. And so it's it, it's interesting to develop those types of relationship dynamics, you know, and there are people I've met um, at conferences that I'm still in contact with either uh, academically or just, you know, just socially, you know, mm-hmm. casually, hey, how's it going, you know?
2: How do you follow up with people after the conferences? Uh, do you try to connect with them on social media or do you exchange emails? Um, it, it depends. Um, so usually
3: if it's, uh, if it's someone I'm talking to about their research, um, I'll get their official email, whatever might be, it might be. Um, and after the conference, you send them an email saying, hey, you know, I really appreciate um, the time that we, I, I, I really appreciate the interaction that we had, whatever. Don't word it like that, but I really appreciated the conversation that we had after the banquet um, about this and that thing. Um, is it okay if I contact you in the future if I have questions? Or this is the follow up I said I was going to send. So yeah, if you send um, an email afterwards, if you exchange um, information on LinkedIn or something along those lines, then that's acceptable as well.
2: Oh, should I be? I should be on LinkedIn, shouldn't I? You probably should. Oh man.
1: You should be on LinkedIn. I haven't updated my LinkedIn in a thousand years. Nobody look me up. <laughs> I'm gonna <looking laughs> yeah, look you up. Yeah, everybody look Kristen them. up right now. <laughs> <laughs> No, you I can I, I haven't accepted anybody's friends in literally probably two years. I get friend requests all the time, and I just ignore them. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, you should change that. We probably That's should. That's okay. We'll sit down and maybe we'll LinkedIn we'll L- LinkedIn one day.
3: LinkedIn is an underutilized um, source of professional networking. That I think uh, it mm-hmm. surprises it surprises me how many how few grad students or how many grad students don't realize that. Mm-hmm. that yeah. See,
0: I don't think it's underutilized in industry though.
3: I right. think that yeah. outside
0: yeah. of the academy, it's very widely used. I have friends who are outside of the academy who are – they post every day. Like, they they share things that they're doing with their company. They share um, news that they're Mm -hmm. seeing. They share messages from their CEO. Like, they're really active. And I'm like, oh, gosh, it's really – it's hard enough for me to even, like, update Facebook and, like, post a picture on Instagram every once in a while. (sighs) So it's like – it feels like it's another social media, but it's really – a networking yeah. tool that we should all be using a lot more. I used
1: it a lot before I came back to um, back to school. I actually had a pretty hilarious interaction once on LinkedIn where I was in one of the message boards for Soch. And in my master's program, we used um, Earl Babby's <laughs> stats book. If you've ever read his, he's like, he writes a lot of stats books. But if you ever actually read them, he, like, makes these, like, funny jokes throughout the whole thing when, like, we would always, like, comment about it in class. So I'm on this message board one time, and I said something, and then (laughs) Earl Babby's like, I agree with what Kirsten said, and I like totally like fangirled out. I was like, "Are you the Earl Bobby from like the eighth edition?"
3: <laughs> <laughs> eighth edition Earl Bobby. Oh my
1: god, And he's like, he was really funny. He's like, "This never happens. Nobody's ever like excited to hear like from a stat." He's like, usually he gets angry emails, not like happy ones. Wow. And then, I don't know. It was just really funny. I like kind of freaked out and like screenshot it and sent it to like my cohort. Was like, "Yo." Earl and me are best friends. This should have come in handy a few years ago.
0: Well that's funny that you bring up an assumption that um like that he That we're best friends. No. <laughs> Ask well, him. No, no that assumption that like, oh, he must get this kind of stuff like all the time, you know? Yeah. And, and you assume that he probably gets things um other than hate mail for his status statistician. Lobo Stats jambo. book, yeah. Stats book, whatever you want to call it. I'm not a statistician, um, uh, but it's funny. We, I think we make assumptions that people don't want, like really, really well known people in our field maybe don't want to talk about their research, or maybe they get inundated all the time, or maybe like, oh, they're not going to want to talk to me, or you know that you're not, you're not good enough, smart enough, all those imposter syndrome-y things that really take over at conferences. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't necessarily think that's the case. I think people do want to talk about their stuff.
2: Well, also, if they don't, like, there's literally no harm that will come upon you for asking other than they say no. Like, it's not going to be like they say no and then your career is over because they've blacklisted you. They literally
0: blacklist you on LinkedIn. (laughs) (laughs) Don't
2: talk to this person. They ask you about your profession. They'll just, like, the Mm -hmm. worst they can say is, I'm too busy. The best they can do is say, Oh, that's really cool. Let's talk more. Yeah. And they can be a real benefit.
3: Yeah. And then you have to realize, too, in a conference type setting, you know, that's why people are there. That's why you're there to talk about your research and any research going on mm-hmm. in the field. And so I don't think it's out of the norm. Mm-hmm. Like if you saw this Earl Babby, is that his name? Earl. <laughs> you know, I eighth just got to Earl Babby. Yeah, Earl yeah. Babby. If you shout saw out. Eighth Edition Earl, if you saw Eighth Edition Earl in like I don't know <laughs> a, a Dunkin' Donuts, you know, right, right. when he's just trying to get this some is coffee. My dream. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, and then you were to come he's... over and totally fangirl, and I could see him saying, me, "Hey, you know, I'm I'm just trying to enjoy my coffee and my donut."
2: <laughs> he would not he'd write stats He'd be stats like, like Kristen, let's go run a donut five K together. And
1: I'd be like, let's not.
2: <laughs> let's eat let's just eat five K donuts together <laughs> and talk about stats. 5K <laughs>
0: He's got a really interesting image of just like five thousand, like a
1: ball pit worth yes. of donuts. <laughs> just trying to eat my way out. It's like also a dream come true.
0: You are old, baby. For some reason, a couple of cats.
2: <laughs> uh.
0: Listen,
1: academic
0: romance. Actually, when <clears throat> going back to uh, comparing networking to dating. And even though the networking we're doing at academic conferences isn't romantic, the same kind of principles. Yeah,
2: I mean, come on. Yeah. There's there's backpack guy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, maybe not always romantic. Um, the, the same it was not romantic. The same principles of kind of that first date exist there, right? You're trying to. You're you're, uh, asking a lot of questions. You're wanting to show interest. You're dressing Mm -hmm. really nicely, all these things. So you're presenting yourself.
2: You're nervous.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Maybe some flop sweat. (laughs) (laughs) But you are presenting yourself, right? In a way, in a professional way, as if you would be presenting yourself on a first date to uh, a new person, right? right? So you can be nervous about that, I think, the same way. Even though romance may not happen. Yep. Though, Kristen, who knows? Babby what could be there. Backpack could be there. Okay. <laughs> I do not have
1: crushes on either one of these people. I know. We're just giving you But crap. I do think that, like, want my, like, biggest advice on networking is, like, actually go and stay there. I know this is, like, not great, you know, news for a lot of people, but... I think a lot of people go to their session, maybe go to another one and leave. I mean, people aren't going and mm-hmm. staying at the conference. They're like conference they're experience. like going to the conference, going yep. to their session and leaving and I think if you mm-hmm. are stay and actually do the conference like circuit, I think it helps people tremendously. Mm-hmm. I also think if you're in like um section groups and stuff like that, they usually have like little pre-conferences or like you know, a mixer or something like that, like actually going and like showing up is probably like 95% of the battle. And so I think a lot of people just go and then like buzz out immediately. I mean, it's – and you got a lot to do. People are busy. I like totally get that. But um, I think there is something to be said for just going and just like just talking and like kind of shooting the shit with people.
0: Mm
2: -hmm. So I want to follow up on that and what everybody else has been saying – what do you think the biggest benefit that you've gotten out of trying to do some networking at a conference? What what has that been? So a number of
3: things. Um, one, um, academically or professionally, you can make really good connections that help you um, in either your research or whatever your post um, post degree endeavors are. Um, so whether it's a job in academia or industry, a lot of connections with people that can help you out down the line. Um, I've I've met people through my networking my Numerous, numerous networking experiences. (laughs) Um, Yeah, who said, you know, whenever you're getting ready to graduate, uh, give me a call, you know, and whatever it is is that you want to do. So so there's that professional component of it in helping you in your career later on or in your research, assisting you there. And also just, you know, a general friendship. You Mm -hmm. know, I have friends from, you know, people I can call my friends from all around the world, from like all 50 states probably. If I were to go to, Wyoming or Montana I could probably find a friend to like to couch surf with, you know? Um
0: No, I think you make a really good point there. I I have some really wonderful academic yeah. friendships and as my dissertation advisor, um, the wonderful um in incomparable Cheryl Black, she calls uh kind of friends who are colleagues leagues And Aww. so I have wonderful frolics uh, from conferences. That's so um sweet. I've also found people that I can um present with um maybe potentially do research with one day um people who can serve as mentors I've, i i've really wonderful mentors that i've met at conferences mm-hmm. who've done things like write me recommendations and look over materials for me and let me bounce ideas off of them and those all just came from attending conferences presenting work um being present i i agree with you 100% kristen when you say that it's important to be present and stay there because um I can definitely tell a difference in how fulfilled I feel from a conference experience, based off how much time I've spent there mm-hmm. and really engaged with it. When I'm there and present, um, I get a, a ton out of a conference. I feel really rejuvenated, really excited to do work. And when I've been in the situations when I've only been able to go for you know my panel and a half a day or at one day, it's just not as it's not the same thing. And I understand that time and money and all of those things contribute to how much you can give at an academic conference or even, you know, in deciding whether or not to attend for more than just your panel. Um, there are many, many factors. But if it's, if you can and um, you're able to financially and with your other time commitments, I highly recommend staying and listening and learning as much as you can.
2: Yeah, I've always... Well, not always, but up until recently treated conferences mainly as a way to learn about what other people are doing in terms of research. And it's only been recently that I realize, you know, there's the there's the research that people are doing and then there's the people doing it. And I should be interacting with both of those things rather rather than teaching it as or thinking of it as sitting in a classroom being taught something Mm -hmm. i should i should think about it more as an opportunity to engage with the people behind the ideas
3: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yep definitely.
1: well not only that i mean when you're presenting your work it's a form of peer review yep so i think people forget that too i think people just you know wait till the last minute and don't you know throw something together and don't really care and maybe don't take some questions that people ask serious enough and to form a peer review. So it is helpful to kind of build on your ideas. And, um, I recently met with a, um, a junior faculty member who kind of gave me some other tips on conferencing and things that you should do. You know, I'm putting together all of my job market materials. And, uh, he asked if I knew of anybody that, has a job in the field, kind of the similar like area or expertise that I want to get a job in and I don't. There's no one um, in my department who studies um, what I do that's in front of me. There's people behind me that do, but like I'll be the next one on the market. And so he said, you know, that this is where you can conferences are great places to find people like that so you know go talk to people who are doing in jobs that you'd like to do and just start up a conversation and say you know i'm going to be on the job market soon and i'm kind of interested in just like how you framed how you pitched yourself and how you framed yourself on your job market materials you know are you open to me looking at those and he said Most people are very open to other people looking at their job materials and Mm -hmm. maybe can give you um, really good advice. And that's something I never would have thought or considered asking other people for. Mm -hmm. And so he talked about that. He also talked about, um, you know, it's also really helpful to find people who are at the same stage as you are, especially if you're in a smaller department. So Mm -hmm. to find other people who are going to hit the job market as well, so you can kind of just... There's something we said for talking to people who are in the thick of it when you are. And it's like I get that, you know, once you're graduated and stuff, it's, it's just still not the same. It's not the same job market year to year. It's not the same feeling. And so um, finding those type of people can be very, very helpful. And a lot of times you find those type of people at conferences because you need to expand, you know, outside of your department and things like that
3: in terms of the people who you interact with you know they're the presenters or or the you know the professors the established academics but there's also the other conference goers you know. that is it's important um it's almost just as important or i i would say as just as important to to network and meet up with them too because again uh, people who are um, students as well but are maybe a couple of years ahead of you or at the same level or even mm-hmm. maybe even a couple of years behind you you know they'll be on the job market at the same time at some point hopefully you'll all be you know in academic jobs and those are um, relationships that you can you know strengthen and utilize mm-hmm. over time
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah and if you're gonna get a tenure track job I mean these are possible co-authors later exactly. I mean, everybody wants to get tenure and so it's you know unless you're really great and plan to do all of your articles sole authored like more power to you you're gonna have to find people to like collaborate with and talk to and that's important
2: stop Listen, collaborate.
3: I think it's the other Stop way. Collaborate. Stop, and
1: collaborate. I totally listen. You totally up.
3: messed that
2: up. Okay, well, exact whiteness is that like I peak? I will edit that guy. out so I don't oh, no, embarrass myself. no, no. if
1: we're keeping backpack <laughs> shit in and you're making fun of me about my old Babby, we're keeping your ridiculous
3: That was totally Stop, collaborate that was
1: like Peak
3: Peacoke. <laughs> <laughs> was like Peak He's like
1: glowing in the dark. <laughs> This is, like, this is like a <laughs> light bulb. I love
2: you. That's good. I love me too. Exactly love you. That's the only way I
0: don't feel Ooh. total
2: embarrassment for that. But, no. Okay.
0: Well, I was gonna say, you know, some of those people may be co-authors, but some of them may be colleagues. Of oh, course. Like, yeah. You know, oh, yeah. like yeah. you never know who you meet at a conference mm-hmm. and how they're gonna end up impacting. Um, kind of maybe your career trajectory when it comes to resources, when Mm -hmm. it comes to employment, all that kind of stuff.
3: No, I was just going to say, too, um, also just how Kristen mentioned, um, if you're going to be at the conference, like be at the conference, really um, soak up all of those experiences and utilize, you know, those opportunities um, as a potential, utilize those situations as potential opportunities to make connections. Like as an example, um, I usually, um, I work out, on a daily basis so if i'm at a conference i'll go to the the um the workout room you know uh, do they have donuts there uh sometimes <laughs> sometimes that's where the donuts are everyone. <laughs> no, exactly. that's the secret secret
1: uh they just hack. have
3: they hang them over the treadmill <laughs> so you you know makes you run fast <laughs> but no you go to the and, and usually there are other people at like conferences who work out and so you know the second day you see the same people you know that were are there the first day, and then you see them around the conference, and you see each other, and you're like, "Oh, you're the, <laughs> you know, You're
1: You're stairmaster dude." Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. you
3: guy who was who was hogging the bench. You know, but yeah. it's cool. Yeah, and so now we know. Now we know. But there are those opportunities, like you see each other um, during um, during a session or after a session, and you make that connection, and you go over and you and you use that as an opportunity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hey, didn't I see you this morning? Yeah, I thought yeah. that was you. So what do you do think you, about I the conference? I saw you lifting this morning. Yeah. Do you even lift? <laughs> <laughs> Brah. Brah.
2: Okay, so follow up to that because you, we're, we've so far we've been talking about going to a conference as in it's in another place. Sure. But um, most universities of the size to have graduate programs you will mean, also have their own you sort mean they of in-house. Host, they
3: host conferences. They host conferences
2: okay. um, or they have one's... Tailored specifically to research that's going on and promoting that Mm -hmm. So what kind of benefits can you get out of doing a your own school's conference? I think Kristen is planning one right now, aren't you?
1: Uh, Thank you. (laughs) So I am planning Mizzou's graduate student conference right now so research and creative activities forum to be exact. (laughs) So um, Personally planning it like everybody's got to go through me. So that's very helpful. (laughs) I mean, literally everyone. So all the graduate students, all the judges, people I invite. Um, so just getting like time with people is really helpful. So I don't uh, obviously submit to the my own conference. Um, I could, but it's just I'm just too busy that day. But that's really helpful. So a lot of times, if you don't want to present, I would highly recommend volunteering mm-hmm. to help with the conference because you get to walk around, talk to people. It's usually um, free food, right? totally free food um
3: donuts donuts cookies
1: we might do donuts i don't know you've got me you got me thinking um so that's really helpful i also think if you're looking for an outside committee member this might be how you find that person when Mm -hmm. they're talking about your work or you're talking i also think getting the um having the ability to kind of um talk in lay terms about your work you know i think getting refining your like 60 second or whatever, your little elevator speech is really helpful. So if you're presenting your work, um, it gives graduate students, I think, a really good um, practice doing that. So just talking to people who are outside your discipline, I think is very helpful for that. Yeah, I did the
2: three minute thesis competition Mm -hmm. and I did pretty poorly at it but it did sort of, it was that practice at, at you know, the elevator version of my research that sure. I think really helped later on.
3: Mm-hmm. At, at, lo, at uh, campus level uh, conferences as well, you know, there's the opportunity, opportunity to meet other graduate students, you know, yeah, totally. not inside your department, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, potentially expand your, your social circle, mm-hmm. you know, so there's also, you know, a social um, and personal aspect
0: mm-hmm.
3: um, of that as well. You know, just seeing, uh, seeing other grad students and knowing what they're doing. potential for interdisciplinary research you know because there might be you know if you're a computer scientist lo and behold a a student in history who's doing text mining might say hey i think you you know (laughs) or a sociologist who's doing social network uh uh, who's who's uh, constructing or doing work with social networks might you know might want to collaborate as well and that's happened um as well so so there's the the possibility to collaborate maybe expand your research to an interdisciplinary in, a, in an interdisciplinary way, but also to just meet other grad students and get out of your get out of your silo, get out of your department.
1: Mm-hmm. They tend to be pretty low stakes too. Yeah, I mean,
2: yeah, there's a lower threshold to yeah. enter and
1: friendly friendly fire typically mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. what you're going to get. The type of criticism, I think, for the most part.
0: Well, yeah. and it's all, like um, networking and, and small talk, and you know, learning to to how to frame yourself. There's no small also- talk.
3: There's only small people.
0: Oh. Okay, well, I'm five foot three. So, what are you trying to say, Chris? <laughs> Shots fired. <laughs> Fine. What do we? What do we call it other than small talk, social talk?
1: Do you feel like you're not good at networking, or feel like you're great at networking?
0: I feel like I'm. I've gotten better at networking. Because everybody,
1: I, you're like telling him. Everybody knows him. Everybody knows you.
3: Yeah, everybody knows you. Right <laughs> everybody knows
1: you too.
0: Well, no. and everybody in the community
1: knows Zach. It's like every time I run into people who are like. Oh, you're a sociologist? Do you know Zach?
2: Well, they know me because I drink beer with them, not because I exchange academic so ideas you, with them. So you That's network. Still,
1: that is networking <laughs> now. That is I
2: networking. guess. But open. it's not networking in my profession.
0: So any time to opportunity is good practice because, you know, I like I said, I was not very good at it. I feel like I'm, I'm a bit better at it now mm-hmm. and it's all from practicing and you know, being thrust into situations where I had to talk to people who had much, 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 much higher pay grades than me at the university, and being this lowly graduate student representative who had to talk to all these people um, and legislators and stuff like that, yep. I, it kind of forced me into um, getting better at it. So, kind of those, just doing it. Yeah, that's really. not a
2: bad piece of advice. Is like, just be uncomfortable and yeah. and put yourself out there, and mm-hmm. because. Once you do it a few times, it becomes less uncomfortable yeah. over yeah. time.
3: I hated public speaking. You know, I I, I was horrible at it. Um, partially because I spoke with a stutter, but just in general, people are usually horrified mm-hmm. to speak in public. And but it was one of those situations where I decided that this is I I need to know how to do this. So I need to put myself in situations where that's required of me. Um, yeah there's no
2: there's no magic way to get better other than to do it and to be exposed to it Mm -hmm. yep yeah
3: everybody feels like that i mean
1: at the conference i went to that i really like right before my presentation um i was like the third to go and one of the the lady right before me like turned to me like right as she she started and she goes i want to puke and die oh my god i was like me too (laughs) i was like listen if you puke I'll be
3: friends forever.
1: <laughs> I'll, I'll sympathy
2: puke with room. you.
0: <laughs> you know, like everybody yeah. feels like that. Yeah. Well, I think we shared a lot of interesting experiences and stuff today and kind of our uh, successes and pitfalls, you know, with learning to network and um, learning to quote unquote small talk. Uh, I'd like to know what everyone, like, what was would be one takeaway that our listeners should know about networking?
2: just do it. I know that's a trademark phrase, but yeah, I don't don't think you just came up with that. Yeah, no, but, uh, it's, it's appropriate that, you know, I think we talked a lot about being nervous and then a lot about, um, the benefits. So, you know, the benefits outweigh those butterflies in your stomach. And if you can push yourself to do the things you're afraid of, then, then, uh, you will see some reward at the end. If you, especially if you do it, over and over and over until you get good at it because nobody's good at the beginning or very few people are are good at networking right right out the gate
0: just practice and try and try again right yeah my
1: tip is to follow up with anybody who gives you a business card
0: that's a good one so
1: if someone is taking the time to give you their contact information even if it's you feel like you didn't you know maybe spend that much time talking to them follow up with all of them so, when I get a business card at a conference, I am really horrible with names. So, I usually on the back write, like, this is the guy who I'm had a mini backpack, backpack <laughs> and talked to you about this. And so that way, just like a little, like, quick, you know, thought or something. But if anybody um, gives you a business card, uh, you should, tr- you know, treat it with respect. I know, like, people, I want to, like, shove it in their pocket. So, you know, take the time to look at it, look them in the eye and thank them. And then, you know, I either put it in the section book of the conference manual, but I follow up with everybody who gives me cards. You that's know. a
0: great tip. Mm-hmm. That's a really great tip. Yeah, I agree. And that's reminding me that, you know, when I go to my conference next week, I need to bring my business cards. Because mm-hmm. I, I sometimes forget, or I only have a couple of the, the go-to ones have in my wallet. I need to bring a stack. And, and be like, really... Suckers out.
1: Be really like cognizant of like um, You know if you're at an international Conference I know in different cultures A business card is Like how you accept a business Card is like really important So to kind of know those
0: Can you elaborate just a little bit
1: Yeah so in a lot of like Asian cultures Like they present the card with two Hands and so it's seen as like rude To just like snatch it and Like not like look at it and like Say thank you to them and So like just treat people's like anything that they're giving you mm-hmm. with like respect, and so it might not be everywhere, but like I tend to like you know anything anybody's giving you advice, whatever, take treat it with respect. Thank people um, who've ma- who've attempted to sort of help you.
0: That's great. Um, for me, my tip that I always think of, and I've p- totally passed on to other people since it was passed on to me. Um, is how to hold a plate and a wine glass at the same time at the social part of networking. Because that can be really awkward when then you have then have to shake people's hands. So uh, actually a previous guest of ours, Hallie Thompson, uh, she taught me how to balance a wine glass between um, two fingers and then hold onto a plate at the same time. And even though that may seem... Really, I'll will show you guys after. I'm gonna show you guys and we'll, and we'll post take a, a picture. picture. Yeah. Um, it may seem like it's such a tiny, tiny little detail, but when you have your right hand free to shake, it really does it. The uh the seamlessness of it, it, it makes you feel like you're more in control, and so you can partake in the the snacks because. Being a graduate student, I know for us, like, social hour and snacks are sometimes dinner. So we don't have to pay for that other meal. Yeah. Um, so it allows you to kind of have that seamless interaction. And the other one is to put, if you have a name badge that's not hanging from your neck, um, you should put your name badge on the side that you shake with. So if it is, if you're shaking with your, uh, <laughs> not shimmying with, <laughs> if you shake or if you're shaking with your right hand, you can have your name badge on that right hand. So it's uh, so it's on that right chest uh, area. Pectoral? Che- Pec- yeah. That section. Um, so that when you're shaking, that is forward. So they can see your name. Um, makes it easier for other people when they can see your name. Mm-hmm. You know, because we all know that even if we've seen someone in two sessions the day before and we were introduced to them and we may have gotten their business card, we may not remember, oh, crap, oh, look. Oh, hi, Karen! Nice to see you again, Karen. You know, just by looking at their name badge.
3: Um, so, just um, from my standpoint, a couple of pieces of practical advice, uh, sort of like what Rachel said. Um, a firm handshake is always good. So, whenever you meet somebody, to give them a firm handshake, look them right in the eye. <laughs> um, don't forget to smile, um, because you know, first impressions, first impressions are really important. So, um, just those few things: uh, um, a nice, firm handshake. Look them in the eye, uh, smile, and I would just say, like I said before, um, be be yourself. Um, don't try to force anything because people can see you know, if you're trying to force it, and that usually makes you nervous. Um, there was one other thing that I was going to say, um, but Kristen, you go ahead, and I think i remember. Okay,
1: you'll remember when I say it. Uh, so a thing about handshaking is you should stand up to shake hands. That is my big. Oh yeah tip that's a great one so it used to be customary where women would stay seated so like if you're at a table and like some let's say christopherson came up and like go to shake your hand it used to be customary for women to stay seated because patriarchy um but you should stand up so like if someone approaches you and you're seated stand up shake their hand it you should not be shaking hands sitting down that's Mm. just another Annoyance of mine. Oh, that's a good one.
3: I remember what I was going to say. Oh, now. good. <laughs> yeah, um, you mentioned following up with people who you met with mm-hmm. um, at the conference with a, an email or what have you. Um, also, um, if for some reason you wanted to uh, uh, get an opportunity to talk to, to meet someone or talk to them, and you didn't get the opportunity to, if you were to get their um, information from LinkedIn or um, had the, had their email f- from another um, conference goer. Um, don't be afraid to reach out to them afterwards and say, hey, um, um, I wanted to come to your session or I hoped to get a word with you at the conference. I wasn't able to, but here is a question that I had or whatever the, the reason you wanted to, to get in contact with them. So even if you didn't get an opportunity to actually physically meet them at the conference, um, it's still a good idea to reach out afterwards um, and say, I was at the same conference. I wasn't able to connect with you there. And so I'm reaching out now.
0: Awesome. awesome. Shout out
3: to the MU Career Center. That's where I learned all I uh, that's where I learned all all I know.
0: <laughs> woo woo. Today's episode is brought to you by comments disguised as questions.
2: So I don't have a question about what someone just presented, and I really just want to share my own opinion about it in a long, rambling manner that attempts to, but doesn't succeed at, obscuring my actual intent. What should I do? Why don't you just try comments
1: disguised as questions?
2: Comments disguised as questions? Won't my colleagues see through such a naked attempt at self-aggrandizement?
1: Yes, but thanks to the civilities of the Academy, no one will stop you or try to say anything. Even the presenter will, thanks to social convention, be forced to respond as though you had politely asked a question, even though you clearly just rambled about your own stuff for over 10 minutes.
2: Wow, that's amazing. I will certainly give comments disguised as questions a try at my department's next seminar. Thanks, Kristen.
1: Thanks, comments disguised as questions.
2: Yay! All right, so let's talk about our self-care for the week. Uh, who's doing uh, something fun? What are you doing to care for yourselves?
0: I had a wonderful dinner out with a friend the other night. And it, I know it was it was such a simple thing, but I feel like the life has been really, really overwhelming for the past like year and a half. Uh, we haven't slowed down, and it was just nice to take a moment with just one other person and kind of just reconnect as a friendship. And um, that was just really, really nice. And so that was my like one little self-care thing. Especially, you know, we're being extra frugal post-wedding here. And, um, you know, trying to get that that savings back up. And so it was nice to kind of just take a little bit of time and do something like that and go out. Because we haven't done that a lot lately. And um, shout out to my friend Kate, who was an awesome sushi date. That
2: sounds nice. Yeah. Well, I guess I'll go next. Uh, I think we mentioned this in our last episode, but uh, as we're recording this, it's at the tail end of a very large documentary film festival taking place in Columbia, Missouri. So I've been here all weekend uh, reconnecting with old friends um, and seeing some documentaries. Uh, Documentaries are not inherently depressing as as a genre but you fi- often find they're more depressing than not and that's that's what they were this year but somehow maybe this is why I'm a sociologist that like I Sort of revel in like learning depressing things.
3: So it's soothing to you to bask in other people's pain. Is that what you're saying? Sure. (laughs) I'm
2: sure it's part schadenfreude. I don't Um, But but, down
1: any of these like, we don't like people and we love depressing shit.
2: But it's, it's, I don't know. It makes me feel sort of more knowledgeable about the sources of the world's problems Hmm. and makes me feel a little bit better equipped to address them and talk about them in the future. So the more depressed, the more informed I feel. I guess weird self care. I know. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no,
0: it, it, hey, yeah. if, if it, it's what you you need. Mm,
1: let's see what I'm doing. What am I doing? Um, I've done a lot of food prep lately, which is making my life a lot easier. Um, I'm reading an obnoxiously long novel, which is like, I love to like hunker down and read like a stupid long book. So I'm doing a lot of like, um, you know, taking breaks and making sure I'm, you know, reading a novel at night. And that's just been making me happy.
0: Awesome.
3: So So self-care. I I mentioned earlier that um, I work out. um, So I run five days a week. I work out five days a week. For me, that's that, you know, that helps me relax. It's a good Mm -hmm. source of stress relief and relaxation. It's, you know, part of um, my daily routine that I absolutely, you know, I have to. You know, I have to have because it mm-hmm. makes me. Yeah, if, if I don't do that, yeah, I feel different. Mm-hmm. You know? Um. And so yeah. So just taking the time to do whatever it is that you enjoy. You know, that makes you feel good. Um, I guess on the fun side of things, um, I'm going to D.C. this weekend. Um, for a con for a conference. Oh, fun! <laughs> yeah. And so even though it's a conference and I'll be busy there, um, it's I'll I will i will get an opportunity to meet up with friends in D.C. and other conference goers that i know will be there and do some networking and do some more networking exactly
0: awesome well i wish you the best of times with your networking
3: thank you very much
2: and thanks for joining us on surviving academia
0: yeah we loved having you thank you so much
2: thank you i I was um happy to be here
0: yay Well, that's all we have for you today. Um, We hope you enjoyed talking about networking with us. And if you have your own networking stories, both good, bad, if you've got some advice that you want to share, go ahead and share it with us on Twitter or Facebook um, or send it through an email. We'd love to hear from you. And until next time,
2: keep on surviving. surviving.
0: Alexa, Little. turn on the lights. Sorry. Uh,
3: Alexa, how sexy am I? <laughs>
0: Only you know. <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh, <my> God. <laughs> wow. <Whoa. laughs>
0: Ouch down. Did She's... you know
2: she was gonna say that? No, I'm not. It's
0: amazing. That was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Only you know.
3: <laughs> Only you know, baby, girl. I
0: guess while I get Alexa to play me a song. Did he just network with Alexa? He may
1: have.